0: Hi, this is Jason McCarthy at Wickham Wanderers and you're listening to Wickham Sound.
1: The Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome to the latest edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show. In the next hour, in a few moments' time, in fact, we'll be hearing from Phil with our match debrief looking back at the defeat against Cheltenham last Saturday. Uh, Also coming up, we'll hear from the manager his thoughts after that performance at Warden Road as well. Uh, Gareth Ainsworth as the ambassador of Wickham-based one Can Trust, the food bank which serves South Bucks. Uh, he's been visiting their uh, operation this week as well, which we'll hear from Joe, uh, who is their operations manager too. Uh, also, coming up, find out how I got on last Friday on a night out. <laughs> what What do you mean? What's that got to do with football? It was the Wickham Wanderers Explain Association annual dinner. Oh, I see, that's all right then. Uh, we'll catch up with uh, Vince Faulkner and Wickham Wanderers Assistant Manager Richard Dobson, who we don't get to hear from very often, but uh, I cornered him in the Caledonian Suite and uh, uh, we'll hear from him a bit later on as well uh, no men's action of course this weekend to look ahead to because well it's the second round of the FA Cup and um, well you know uh, but uh, uh, we uh, turn our attention to Wickham Wanderers women we'll hear from uh, their manager Carl Simon and Bobby Lynch as well who's on her way back from um, injury <laughs> I made it sound like she's on her way back from somewhere a day out uh, but uh, that and more on the way as well uh, by which time, I must say a big hello to you if you're listening. Whilst we can wander as we're training, uh, I'm told that uh, uh, this show is is. is uh is taken in by uh, some on the, on the sidelines uh, at uh, training at Burnham, which is very exciting, and a uh, special hello to the Wick and Wanderers women as well uh, when they catch up uh, with the show, possibly uh, on the podcast version, owing to the fact that they train on a Thursday and also a Tuesday. Uh, more on that a bit later on. But first, if you uh, happened to miss or would like to relive uh, what happened on Saturday, the Cheltenham game, uh, your match commentator, of course, uh, was Phil Catchpole.
2: Welcome to Wadden Road. Wick and Wanderers travel down the A40 to take on Cheltenham Town in League One looking towards David Wheeler headed clear by Taylor only as far as Scurran knocks it back to Tapazoli into Mawson in the centre circle drills it over the top looking for McLeary it's a delicious ball ball. oh volleyed first time and beaten away by the keeper what a ball and what a
3: strike that was exceptional Um, we've seen that a lot from Mawson this season he's just he's just able to dig out those sort of pinpoint diagonal passes and um yeah, great, great first-time strike from McCleary. Well, well defended after a uh, good save from the keeper, and then well defended with the with the rebound.
2: I just played a FIFA prediction game, and Wickham won 10-0. So uh, that's a that's a little outlandish from this point. We'll have a go. Well, who knows? Caleb Taylor knocks the ball down to David Wheeler. Wheeler to Mameyti. Mameyti on the left-hand side puts it onto his right foot, cuts it back to Scotland. Side-footed oh. shot deflected twice big shout for handball and it's still not clear and it's now nodded back to the keeper Mawson goes long to Vokes, Ranklin wins the head up, oh that's a poor touch by Circum, allows him free, Wheeler oh. Oh, he whistles the first time shot just past the post and Liam Circum is breathing a big sigh of relief there because that was a terrible touch by the experienced midfielder and David Wheeler, first time effort, he knew exactly where the goal was and he's put that inches wide and Lundulu spreads it wide to May May on the left channel it's calling the penalty area now goes for goal again deflected oh. and it's there he's done it again Alfie May and that's why the Wickham fans shuddered when they saw his name on the team sheet right footed deflected shot loops over Striek 25 minutes on the clock Cheltenham one. Wickham then it's that man again Messi to a beater. Peter goes on a run he goes past on a linker puts the ball into the area folks yes. gets up oh the header is goal bound and it's too close to the keeper Mameti up against Raglan. Mameti right footed shot oh. deflected and beaten away that's a great save McCleary always beating his man McCleary across the face of goal Caleb Taylor again there Freeman the centre circle still going Mawson still going Mawson goes for goal it's deflected and lands just over the bar and ruffles the back of the net, and it was a terrible optical illusion there. For one minute, I thought he got in. The next minute, I wasn't sure, and I thought he got in again. And that was incredibly close. Towards Spokes Bokes wins the flick onto Hanlon Hanlon backing into his defender. He's inside the box now. He's away from. Oh, that's him. great from Hanlon Put in From Hanlon, cuts it back. Oh! And Raglan, where did he come from? Because Lewis Wing was just waiting to roll the ball into the empty net and Brandon Hanlon has done superbly well and Wickham have won their fourth corner of the game but if it wasn't for Raglan it would be 1-1 looks southward now, puts the ball down on the turf and clears long, referee blows his whistle and the Cheltenham fans rise to their feet they've beaten the Cherboys here at Wallen Road 1-0 the goal from Alfie May in the 25th minute was enough to get the three points and that's a disappointing afternoon, Johnny King, for the Cherboys.
3: Yeah, even though their goal was maybe a bit bit lucky. You have to say Wickham didn't deserve anything from this, didn't deserve a point so Cheltenham may as well have all three here. And
2: we'll leave with a full time score here at Water Road. Cheltenham Town 1,
1: Wickham Wanderers 0 Match commentary from Saturday afternoon, highlights in inverted commas uh, from the game at Cheltenham uh, here on Wickham Sound and also on Wanderers TV as well uh, Johnny King summarising with uh, our very own Phil Catchpole well, I say our very own, uh, our very own in terms of uh, a guest on this show. He's also, of course, uh, Wickham Wanderer's head of audio and broadcast, uh, host of Ringing in the Blues, and of course, as mentioned, our uh, match commentator as well. I'm very pleased to say uh, that uh, Phil joins us uh, on the show once again. And a strange performance, especially bearing in mind uh, what happened at Fleetwood the week before.
2: Yeah, two results really that kind of sum up the season a little bit. Inconsistency, isn't it? Um, can't really string too many results together although they were in a really good run of away wins three in a row without conceding a goal, sort of spread over a period of time. But, yeah, it was just odds that Forest Green down the bottom struggling. Wickham, I thought, did really well and very efficient to win that game 2-0. But Cheltenham, same system that Cheltenham played. Wickham played their same system as well. Uh, And I guess you have to give credit to Cheltenham, um, for probably doing their homework on Wickham. The spaces behind the wing-backs just weren't there and, and Wickham just couldn't find a way through. Uh, and it was a deflected goal by Cheltenham, but they happened. Um, but just a one goal and... I think the disappointing thing at the moment is that Wickham of old, a goal down in a game, would come back. You would always expect them to come back and it's it's not happened that much. I think we were behind against Peterborough and beat them at Adams Park, but those comeback victories have been very few and far between in this last sort of six six months to a year, maybe. Um, and, yeah, that's that's the dispiriting thing a little bit is because normally you would expect the the, the blood and thunder the fight, just to smash the door down and get the equaliser and maybe even go on to nick a winner. Um, but this wasn't looking likely on Saturday. It felt a little bit flat as well. Um, but, again, credit to Cheltenham because they were playing in front of their home fans for the first time since they lost to Alfchurch in the FA Cup with a strong team, and I think their manager said, look, you owe the fans one here. Uh, and they really, really dug in and, and fought very, very hard. But again, that's what happens week in, week out in League One and, and Wiccan we have just got to roll their sleeves up now.
1: And we heard about Joe Jacobson's suspension before kick-off and, and he was clearly missed.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's, that was the one change going into into the side in and You know, Jordan the is a very capable left-back, you know, he's got a great left foot, um, but... Yeah, Joe Jacobson, that back four against Forest Green, it just sort of added up a bit more of a Wickham identity, didn't it? Because JJ's been with us for so long. Um, but he's going to be a big blow, not just for the Cheltenham game, but it's going to be uh, against Pompey and Lincoln as well, the three-game uh, suspension. Um, but yeah, again, one of those things really in football. Um those post-match things where they get picked up. And because he didn't get booked, it meant he was susceptible to that. Um, but there we go. But, yeah, missed massively on Saturday. And and we talked about the characters and the fight in the team. And it's just having the – I guess he's a general. He's, he's the captain of the team as well. And maybe it was his sort of game on Saturday. And I think that's why we really missed him. But, you know, Gareth Ainsworth spoke to him after the game. And, you know, again – he was disappointed at parts of it, but was always finding the positives too.
4: We were a different team to last week. Forest Green, we we tore him apart, played some brilliant football around the edge of the box. Today, it just wasn't there, you know. So it was a lack of quality in then final third areas, you know. We get the the, the long ball up to Volksie at times, and it drops down, and then we've got to play, we've got to settle it better. We didn't do today, you know. Everything dropped to them. Every deflection, every ricochet went to them, and, that, and sometimes you do that, but. You know, it's, it's it's one of those frustrating days where they have a couple of shots and I go, one of them deflected and goes in, and and they've got a lead to hang on to. But um, got to give Cheltenham credit, you know, got to give them big credit. They scrapped, they fought, they defended with six at the back at times, and uh, and said, right, break us down, and we couldn't. You know, we really couldn't, and uh, and that's down to me. Got to make sure we can uh, we can be better against teams that defend against us. We're we're considered a big club now in this league, and uh, and people want a result against us. And you, you heard the final whistle, the crowd, the roar of the crowd. You know, it's a big, big win for them. And uh, fair play, Cheltenham. Yep, well done. Just the one change to the team, enforced
2: due to, to the suspension of Joe Jacobson. So similar system as well, but you know. Two, two performances that look very different apart from each other I mean how, that, fans will be wondering how that's
4: possible yeah worlds apart you know I think some, some players weren't as good as they were last week some players um, you know maybe maybe we're a little bit um, with the physical side of it got outdone, and and yeah, it's, it's not good to see. But um, we'll pick the bones out of it. We've got two weeks now to go again, and, and Portsmouth at home, which will be a, a cracking game, you know. Obviously, but um, I mean, this team went to Ipswich last week and, and got a point, so you know it's not doom and gloom. It's not like we've uh, we've been turned over massively, but disappointing key moments as well. You know, there was there was a big chance right at the start of the second half that if we take that, I think it's a different game. Our corners were hit We didn't really trouble chelting them too much today we got up there huffed and puffed didn't really create anything that was that was major and uh neither did they but they had that deflected shot that loops in over max
2: I suppose when you saw Alfie May's name on the team sheet, if anyone was going to score today, it was probably going to be him.
4: Yeah, and, and that's the story of the game. You know, deflected in from us and we didn't get anything. We didn't get any any luck in the game today. But you've got to make your own luck, you know. And You've got to win your personal battles. You've got to have quality on the ball. I'll be working on all that. Don't worry about that. It's, uh, it's been a tough result today, but... Um, you know, we we go again. You know, two weeks at home against Portsmouth. I'm sure we'll be well up for that one. It's on TV, you know, middle of the World Cup. Everyone's going to be up for it. So, a um, you know, tough journey home, but um, I'll pick the boys up.
2: With no game next week coming off the back of this, it's not a break, but a break of competitive football going into that on the back of a defeat. Is that more difficult now?
4: Yeah, of course. You know, I wanted them to have two weeks sitting on a win. You know, and uh, we'll have to have a look at what we're going to do next week now. And, uh, and I think probably when. People build barriers against us like they're doing. How do we break them down, you know? Well, we played some great stuff around the back and we're keeping possession of the ball, which is something that is new to us this year. But then when we get to the final third, we must find ways of, of breaking teams down better than we do, you know? And it is tough. Teams are going to camp out. We've got to find a way of working their keeper better. Like I say, nothing fell for us and there were some key moments which we just didn't didn't take today. And, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm going to have to pick these boys up for next week because... Uh, the uh, there's 14 days now where we, we're gonna have uh, you know no football and uh, they're gonna be wondering who's playing against Portsmouth.
1: As you say, always really positive, and he seemed also almost a bit sort of puzzled at times because you know the, the difference between the two performances from from the previous week's game as well.
2: Well, that's the thing, isn't it? That's what's so weird about football because, like I say, it was two teams playing against each other in the same systems. Like Forest Green and Cheltenham had the same setup. Wickham played their same formation and system that they did against Forest Green with virtually the same set of players. And then two very different results, obviously, but two very different performances. Um, And that's what's really difficult to fathom. Um, There wasn't a midweek game. There wasn't a a case of being leggy or tired. Um, So, yeah. And I think as well, when Wickham, I think they were really struggling with Caleb Taylor, the big centre-back, because they were trying to hit the diagonals to Sam Vokes and Caleb Taylor, I think he was six foot six, maybe. Young centre-back on loan from West Brom had a really, really excellent game. Um, but there we are. That's he almost run out of ideas in that second half, really, which was disappointing. Um, because when you look on, on paper, they've got a great squad, you know, Mameti, McCleary, uh, Nick Freeman. These are players, creative players that can unlock a door. And they just weren't really getting involved in the final third or, or finding any craft in that final third. So I'm sure Gareth and Dobbo are using this weekend um, off football, you know, competitive football, uh, this break. They've been working hard, no doubt, on, on plan B's and working their way around that final third now, uh, approaching that game a week on Sunday against Pompey, which will be a massive game at Adams Park.
1: Now you mentioned the sort of the, the, the battling aspect of the team, which is usually there. That did seem to be missing on Saturday, which, um, again, as you say, that'll be something that they'll be working on to get back this week.
2: Yeah, it's that team spirit, the generals, and also a settled side as well. The injuries are coming back now, which is brilliant, but we just hopefully need to get a run together where they can have a settled, certainly a settled spine of the team, uh, and and really kind of getting their sleeves rolled up and stuck in. I mean, Josh Gowen uh, doesn't look to be suffering. Uh, from the injury that kept him out for so long. He's come back and, um, you know, there's been a few little rusty moments, but that's to be expected after a, a fairly long layoff. Um, but he's looking like he'll be back to his very best um, incredibly soon, which is great. And he's got that extra week now as well in training to really get up to, up to speed. And he'll relish that game against Pompey, which will be a real battle as well, no doubt, against a, a Danny Cowley side that's always uh, going to be a tough match.
1: It does feel like this break has come at a good time, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it does. Well, it kind of does and doesn't really, because if you go into that long break um, off the back of a defeat and a disappointing performance, which is what Wickham have done, then there's a stat kind of hangs over that break, doesn't it? But then also maybe they can use that as the motivation to to not do that again. um, They're probably living with that now every day in training and they'll be looking for the next game to get that game out of their system. And it's a long wait. It's over two weeks. Um, since the Cheltenham game to the Pompey game. So, yeah, so maybe that's what the driving motivation is um, uh, to go towards that Pompey game. I mean, Gareth Ainsworth is, is the best man motivator, I think, in League One. And he's going to be using that, no doubt, this week in training and, and next week um, to make sure when they, they cross the white line at Adams Park against Portsmouth, that they are raring to go to get the three points.
1: And interesting thing mean, you said to you after the game, you know, the players will be wondering who will be playing uh, against Portsmouth.
2: Yeah, well, we all will be. That's some beauty of football, isn't it? And it's a big squad that Gareth has got. He's got options. I said players are coming back as well. Um, and he'll no doubt be looking at that behind closed doors. He, you know, he never really calls people out in public, does he? Uh, um, so, yeah, there would have been people who have disappointed him um, against Cheltenham. and Maybe the people now knocking on his door saying, look, it's my turn uh, to impress. Um, and maybe it'll be a change of system. We'll see. Uh, I'll be amazed if it's the same starting eleven. Um, that played against Cheltenham. We'll see because Pompey will have a different system. It'd be very competitive against Pompey. The Danny Cowley teams always tend to be incredibly brutal to play against. I remember when they were managing Lincoln and uh, a nil-nil draw up at their place with the Cowleys in charge. was. I think they could have played it without a ball almost. It was that sort of uh, brutal. But we'll see what happens. But, yeah... um, I'm no doubt he's been working incredibly hard at training with them, and you know we don't get to see what goes on at training, um, but he'll he'll no doubt get them fired up and ready to go uh, against Pompey because that's a big game. and Big teams and big games, we're content to pick themselves up. So I've no doubt next week, after this week, they'll probably be disappointed. I think next week they'll be looking upwards to that game and thinking, right, here's our chance to put it right in front of our home fans as well. Because let's not forget, we've had four games at Adams Park now without a win. So they're going to be desperate to put that right as well against a a massive team like Pompey.
1: And of course, uh, you won't be bringing us the uh, match commentary on Saturday, but uh, I guess uh, hopefully you'll be taking the opportunity to do something a bit different perhaps.
2: Well, do you know what? (laughs) Typically, it was like we're in the World Cup, aren't we? So you can't move for for televised football. It's great to watch all these games and everything, especially like during the day, like the the morning kickoffs and that because of the time zone difference. Um, I have to say, I looked at the fixture list, the domestic fixture list on Saturday and was thinking, well, where could I get to? Maybe I can go and see a game and not commentate because sometimes it's quite nice to do that. I, mean, I love doing the commentary, obviously, but sometimes it's nice to go and have a beer and, and shout a bit at the football as well. I remember what it's like to be on the terrace because I do really miss being on the terrace sometimes. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll, I'll pop up at a game somewhere on Saturday. But as a, tra- as a train strike, I think as well, that might, that might determine where I end up.
1: Brilliant, you. Thank you so much for your time.
2: No worries, Colin. Always a pleasure.
1: Uh, Phil Catchpole could end up at a football game near you uh, very, very soon over this weekend. Train strike permitting. Don't forget, you can hear the chat with Gareth Infull on Wondrous TV. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderer Show, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth uh, once again uh, in his role as an ambassador for the Wickham-based food can, uh, food bank One Can Trust uh, when he visited their warehouse this week. But first, uh, last Friday I was uh, very fortunate to be invited to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association annual dinner. I had two puddings um, because uh, Susie, who was sat next to me, uh, didn't have room for hers, I don't think, so I was uh, Pleased to supply uh, that service and uh, have her sticky toffee pudding as well. Uh, the food was excellent. The company was very good as well. i Also ran into uh, season ticket holder Steve Dell and uh, Rob Priest. Special hello to them. <clears throat> I went to Cubs and Scouts and school with them. <laughs> really nice to see them. Martin O'Neill uh, was there too, uh, of course, and guest of honor. He was on a table with uh, lots of other wickham legends, including uh, Terry Evans and Keith Ryan and Matt Crosley and others as well uh, also Steve Hayes was there Ivor Beeks was there had a birthday cake uh, there were special awards presented to uh, Matt Bloomfield, who, who wasn't there. He was uh, uh, plotting the next result for uh, uh, Colchester, of course. And uh, Gareth Ainsworth and Richard Dobson received a special award as well. Uh, more on that very, very soon. But uh, caught up with uh, Vince Faulkner, who's on committee and uh, was reflecting on a very successful evening.
0: Well, it's just, uh, again, another tremendous evening. You know, JDT, supported by John Bignell. they put it together, especially JDT, did a tremendous job behind the scene. We've not seen him physically for a, a few months. Before because of, uh, you know, the COVID scenario. But uh, he's been working tirelessly at home and it proves its point tonight, doesn't it, really, at the end of the day. The people that have been here... The accolades that have been coming—absolutely brilliant evening, brilliant evening—and
1: yeah. something really special as well that you know someone like yourself has kept in touch with so many of your former teammates and, and able to see them this evening too.
0: Well, that's right. Yeah, I mean, say I think you've heard the stories before from uh, Keith Samuels and Keith Searle and myself. That uh, there are six of us who played in the sixties and early seventies that still play golf together twice a week. You know, we, we play regularly every week, so we've kept in touch. And you know, both myself, Keith Samuels, are both on the ex-players committee. and uh, We're still heavily involved. And, um, you know, it's great to be part of the family club.
1: And a real sense of pride looking back over the 135 years as well.
0: Goodness me. I was part of it for nine years. And, um, you know, going back to the 60s and early 70s, as I said, um, just a great, great feeling to be. I think they, they hit the nail on the head where they said, as soon as people know you play for Wickham Wanderers, it's just... Elevation of your rises—it's it's unbelievable. It's really to be incredible. here
1: today, at uh, the your sort of present day of weekend it must feel like you know a great part that you and, and your teammates have played, in, in the foundations really. No, that's
0: right. Yeah, you know every stage has gone on, hasn't it? Really, you know we, we we're amateurs, but it's it's a, a building block for the current side with Gareth as it is today in Dobbo So you know I look back fondly, just thinking that I was a part of of it and
1: you know it's great oh, Fantastic to be able to share your experiences with other, other generations of players oh, as well Oh that's
0: right yeah and my grandsons love it as well I've got three grandsons so they all love that Gramps played for Wickham Wanderers so it's, uh, you know, it's something for them to say and you know be proud of as well so it's uh, it's very good very And good.
1: hopefully an event like this will continue for years to come Well
0: we hope so yeah i mean, say like I think it was mentioned earlier John Maskell you know the Revere goalkeeper we run the quiz together which is our next event in March um, we've got, we have four events a year and you know we're, we're, we're far, part of the family so it's uh, really really nice
1: a fantastic event and a uh, big thanks to JDT as well and Alan Hutchison uh, for their hospitality it was brilliant to attend uh, loads going on uh, the current management team of course of, course, of Gareth Fangsworth and Richard Dobson were there uh, they were being given uh, life membership awards for a decade uh, in charge and also Matt Bloomfield as well who uh, did himself uh, a, a brilliant service to the club as well with uh, 19 years in the Wanderers shirt he picked up a similar honour as well uh, which I uh, say so he wasn't there unfortunately but uh, Richard Dobson collected that on his behalf and uh, brilliant to speak to to the assistant manager as well uh, to get his thoughts on the evening.
3: I love this evening, you know, when you see all the old teammates together from the 60s and 70s and it's like they've never stepped out of that dressing room. Um, it's lovely to see the, the connections that the club has with these players and the connections between them here as, um, you know the managers and the, and the players that were playing together all those years ago.
1: really nice to you accept uh, Matt Bloomfield's award on his behalf as well, and also present. Or should I should say, and yeah, it's fantastic that, that you've sort of worked with him, sort of an experienced player like that. But some of the young players that you've brought through as well. Yeah,
3: it's, it's such a shame that Matt wasn't here tonight to accept it because I think he would have felt the warmth in the room for him um, and what he's achieved at the football club. So um, you know, it's, it's just a little bit disappointing that he, he couldn't be here. But obviously, his job's important at the moment, and he's got to do what he's got to do for Colchester. Um, Having said that, he's been a wonderful servant for the club. Um, uh, you know, a real role model for everybody um, involved at the club over his 19 years, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm delighted that we could accept that award for him. And uh, and he's getting the recognition that he fully deserves. I
1: must be a real sense of pride for yourself and the manager of the, the young players that you brought through too.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we've we've for me, it's been 15, 16 years at the club now. So um, a lot of them players that I brought through as kids, like to Josh Schoen, late 20s, and um, you know, making me feel. a a little bit old at the moment but uh, uh, it's lovely to see the growth in them it's wonderful to see the, the pride that those boys have when they play for the club and, and what the club means and um, you know long may that continue
1: and I've heard with an interview before that, uh, that you and Gareth have you know, tracked players for years before you might even bring them to the club and it's fascinating to see that you're, you're keeping an eye on that sort of talent as well
3: yeah 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 we, we're very careful about who we bring in you know we've, we've established a culture here which is really quite unique in football I think and um, we certainly don't want to bring anybody in there that might destabilize that so being the right character is is paramount to the, the skill set that we, we want to see in the players that, that, that come in, and um, you know, it's about being a good person first and foremost, and a good footballer secondly.
1: And watching some of those highlights on the screen tonight really emphasises the, the relationship that, that you and Gareth have. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's been a long time, and you get to know each other very intimately over that period of time, you know. So, um, you know, I understand what makes Gareth tick, and I'm sure he does the, the same for me. And um, we've got each other's backs whenever we need each other. so uh, you know, it's, it's a great relationship, and, uh, and uh, you know, I can't not uh, mention. Dave Waits and Keanu Doherty have been with us a long time as well it's a real team effort and um, you know hopefully that can continue for many years to come
1: and brilliant that you've both been given the time to, to work with the players and the experiences that you've had along the way
3: yeah absolutely I mean time is a, um, a difficult commodity to come by in football isn't it you know at Watford you tend to get about 10 games so um, to get 600 is uh, uh, you know I'm very proud of that um, but I, I thank all those at the football club that have um, backed us over the years um, you yeah, know we've had wonderful support from from uh, you know, not just the supporters, but the people within the club, and um, I, I think you know they, their faith in us has, has helped us in in terms of trying to build a football club over a longer period of time that you would you wouldn't normally necessarily get.
1: And since the Cooings have been in charge as well, does it feel like a really exciting time to be at the club?
3: Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, every, every era is different and there's an excitement we have with every era that you get. So, you know, this is a, a fairly new era. Um, different, different owners, different ideas, um, but a, a, another couple of people that want to really take the club forward. And um, if we can help them do that, then um, we'd be absolutely delighted. Um, you know, they, they've got big ideas for the club. Um, they, they've obviously fallen in love with it pretty quickly over the years. And... Uh, yeah, let's hope that we can work together and, and take the club further than we have done already.
1: And Martin mentioned the expectation at the club. That's uh, fantastic that you, you know, the fans want, want the team to do so well and, and are disappointed to see, you know, the three points off of the playoffs at the moment.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully, I was a little bit tongue in cheek. You know, we haven't done, uh, in, in my eyes, I, th- I think we could do we could do better. We've obviously been hit by injuries early on, and that's a disappointing thing because I think with a full-strength side, we'd probably be higher up the, the league. But those players are coming back to us now, and you, know, you saw last. Week at Forest Green, Josh Cowan comes in and makes such a big difference to us. So, you know we're Tafazoli back now, and uh, you know one or two others near in, in fitness hopefully we can attack the league a little bit more over the coming months and, uh, and
1: push for those playoffs and uh, uh, defensive is something you work on a lot yourself and is that something you've been working on especially recently the, the defensive errors trying to cut those out
3: yeah yeah we, we've been hit quite hard by, um, by silly mistakes you know and we, we obviously review everything and uh, unusual circumstances particularly from set pieces um, you know the game against Warsaw recently uh, they left 1v1 at the back and, and threw an extra body in which is uh, unheard of in 10 years of Of working in football, I've not come across that, and uh, you know it ends up falling to that one spare player's foot, and he scores. So we've been hit quite hard. You know, normally you get away with them mistakes because the ball doesn't find that person. But just recently, it's uh, it's taken its toll on us um, in terms of goals against. So we've had a discussion about it. You don't want to make it a crisis because it isn't. We've just got to be aware of the things that we can do better in them circumstances and, and work hard to, um, to, to achieve clean sheets as we did last week.
1: And just finally, what's your sort of overall assessment of the season so far?
3: Um, we've been hit or miss, if I'm, if I'm totally honest. Um, as I say, there's reasons behind that. Our first choice, eleven is a match for anybody in the division. Uh, we haven't been able to put that side out uh, as much as we'd like and uh, we've had to rely on some young players along the way. Obviously when you blood them it's, it's a good thing because they're getting experience but um, they'll make mistakes yeah, as young players do and you know? that's just the nature of, of blood in those young boys. So uh, as I say I, th- I think if we can, um, if we can build on the, the fitness of these players coming back into the side and, and get a little bit of a run going with a settled team um, I, I think we'll be, we'll be better prepared for the, the second half of the season and a, a, a real crack at trying to get into them player positions in what is a, an incredibly tough league this season
1: pleasure to speak to Richard Dobson at the uh, Wickham Wanderers X players Association annual dinner which took place last Friday at Adams Park. Uh, a real highlight of course uh, had some brilliant feedback from uh, supporters as well who uh, really enjoy listening to uh, the X player chats that we have on the show. Many more to come as well. I uh, really enjoyed uh, chatting to uh, and meeting uh, some of those um, ex-players on Friday night as well from all sorts of different eras of the club and uh, you can catch uh, a lot of the photos on the Wickham Wanderers X players Association Facebook page as well. Still to come on this week's edition of the Wicked Wanderers show uh, we'll be hearing from Wicked Wanderers women boss Carl Simon as well as Bobby Lynch and we've got a special message from uh, a bit of a special guest as well uh, with regard to the women's team still to come this hour as well but first uh, the manager went along to the One Can Trust uh, warehouse this week on Tuesday afternoon uh, Gareth Ainsworth is an ambassador along with Russell Brand uh, for the Food Bank and uh, he was chatting uh, to Phil who was there with Wanderers TV
4: I've been an, an- for, for quite some time here, and uh, been meaning to come down, see what the, the process is, see the size of the operation. It's incredible, it really is. If you think a food bank is just donating in a supermarket and that tin of beans goes to a household, you are totally m- misguided. Because if you come down here, you see the volunteers, the, the the guys and girls in the warehouse, which is behind us, sorting all the packages out, sorting all the donations out, which is a massive job, putting it into bags that are appropriate for families with. One child, single parent, two children, four children. It's an amazing process, you know, not just that. They've got people in the offices then helping out on the, the care after it. And, you know, for me to to see this, it really has opened my eyes. You know, I was one of those person who thought, yeah, just don't out right there. And you actually don't know what happens to it. Come down here and hear the stories of the people who need it. And, you know, to be the manager of the football club in this community where... You know, it's gone up from 200 people, 200 families needed help before the pandemic. Now we're, we're, we're touching 800 families in Wickham. We really need to put this place on the map and get some more donations, some more volunteers, a bigger space one day. But um, I've been blown away by the, the humanity of people. You know, it's brilliant, you know, because we do avoid perspective. I say that a lot. This is perspective. These people are helping people who really, really need it. And I'm off for playing my part. How small it is, is. is you know, I feel a bit embarrassed because these are really working hard. But um, if I can raise some awareness for the one can, it'd be uh, it'd be immense. You know a thing or two about
2: team spirit, but meeting the volunteers and the people that work here—it's a great atmosphere here, isn't it?
4: Brilliant. You know, there's teamwork going on all over the place. You know, and uh, some of the girls reading the, the sell-by dates on things, and then that can't go to there because it's out of date or in date, or that belongs here and that belongs here, and it's just, just different sections of everything. You don't realise that it, there's there's nappies that. That kids will need, who, whose families can't afford them. You know that must be hard, worrying. You know because you can't stop the the process that you need nappies for. You know things like that. You know the food, the the basics that they get, and then lucky enough to, to see Graham Peart and Trevor Stroud to to people who see down a lot of Wickham being here today and, and helping out, getting fresh food involved, fresh fresh fruit involved to these families because you can't live off just dry goods all the time. Honestly, I'm just blown away by the the whole. The whole size of this operation, you know, Kate Brewster, who I've been in touch with over the over the time, of, of being ambassador, has, has been desperate to get me down here, and I can see why. This needs to be put on the map. We should be so proud of this one can, and every one of those volunteers deserves a medal because they are uh, they working their socks off in there for people who've just maybe taken a wrong turn or made a bad decision or or got an illness. You know, there's there's no there should be no shame in saying I need the food bank because um, that's why we're here and that's what it's here for. And what about young Henry, who you met earlier? Brilliant, you know. Uh, we had a. We, it's really, it's really given me faith in, in future generations here because you've got a nine-year-old boy who I think was six. He was saying, when he, you know, went into lockdown as we all did, he thought, "What can I do?" Um, because people can't go to the shops now because um, he must have heard all the stories on the news about people not being able to go here or there and ever. He got his neighbours to start donating and then donating to the one can. And then started helping out with getting donations for families at six, seven, eight, nine years old he is now. Blew me away, you know. Wow, I wasn't doing anything like that at his age. And uh, and so I was proud to pass on a Wickham signed shirt from all the players who I know um, will be behind this. And, uh, and he went away with a smile on his face. But like I say, you know, we're, we're so lucky. We are so lucky. Um, and it's nice to be able to come down here and, and maybe, you know, get a taste of what it could be if we're not so lucky and... Uh, And these people volunteer, come in here and uh, try and make life better for people. And I think it's an amazing thing.
2: And Wiccan fans, when they come to Adams Park, they can donate to One Can Trust because there's donation points around the stadium.
4: I'll be donating. Don't worry about the Wiccan fans because I I think we should. You know, I really do. If you can donate, you know, if if every person could donate just something, we'd have, you know... It would be so good for the. Week. How many, you know, four thousand people come down if we could all donate something? This place would be teeming. They'd have to get a bigger premises. They'd have to apply to the the council to get them a bigger premises because getting all these donations. That's my aim. You know, I want to I want to try and increase the, you know, the profile of the One Can Trust. I think it's an amazing organisation. Like I say, not just food, not just parcels that are helping people to live actual care, and 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 there's children, there's there's vulnerable adults, there's there's mental health issues. They they cover everything here. Uh, blown away and and proud to be a part
1: one can trust ambassador gareth ainsworth speaking to wanderers tv joe belshaw who's the charity's operations manager also spoke to phil as well
2: so joe you've just met gareth ainsworth and given him a tour as part of the tour here of what's going on at the one can trust food bank Uh, uh, how important is it to to reach out to people like Wickham wanderers in the community
5: oh it's hugely important you have such a huge following and a number a huge number of fans anything we can do to spread the word wider and reach more people to support us in so many different ways whether that's volunteering donating food and actually people who might need our help as well and need our food parcel support so you guys are amazing and been so hugely supportive we're really grateful to have your support reaching those people
2: so what is the the list of things that you need from the community
5: things like UHT milk meat meals cooking sauces pasta sauce curry sauces loo rolls we all need loo rolls so yeah do you know what anything right now here in the warehouse we try and buffer our supplies within two and four weeks worth but actually a lot of the stock lines are less than two weeks worth right now just because demand is so high so all we don't want is anything with alcohol or homemade food but anything else we use right now so thank you that would be amazing
2: it's a great atmosphere here with the volunteers as well, so you are always looking for volunteers?
5: Yes we are, particularly so on the run up to Christmas In that last week we're going to be doing double deliveries because we will be closed between Christmas and New Year, so if anyone would like to help pack parcels or deliver parcels to anywhere in South Bucks, we'd love to hear from you. Our website is uh, onecantrust.org.uk and the phone number is 01494 512 and if I could just put a shout out for further volunteers to help with our food drives every weekend we're out at the local supermarkets asking and encouraging customers to donate extra food and people have been hugely supportive both in their time and and donating to us so anyone who fancies joining us at food drive we'd be very very welcome and we're really lovely to hear from them
2: and how long have you been involved here
5: Uh, about two and a half years now so yeah i love it i'm very very proud of what i do here
2: you get a real sense of, of, of achievement from, from taking part in what goes on here?
5: I do and it's, it's a lovely atmosphere everybody's here because they want to give something back we hear that time and time again and I think with that common purpose it's it's just a great place to work I'm very proud as I say of what I do here
1: Joe Belshaw from uh, One Can Trust speaking to Wondrous TV uh, Manager Gareth Fainsworth visited the warehouse on Tuesday in uh, more community news and another great initiative that the club is supporting uh, this coming Saturday uh, Adams Park is the venue for Wickham Homeless Connections Big Sleep Out 2022. Registration is now closed for the event but you're very welcome to sponsor it and those taking part, uh, just search on Just Giving page for Big Sleep Out 2022. It's your opportunity to swap your bed for a sleeping bag and raise money and awareness to help change the lives of people who are homeless or facing homelessness in our community. The Origin Stand at Adams Park is uh, going to be uh, a place for uh, uh, many to uh, sleep the night on Saturday. A number of Uh, people doing it from home as well Homelessness affects the lives of hundreds of people in our community, the charity says and thousands and thousands more are facing homelessness, but uh, we offer hope and help and you can too uh, plenty of ways that you can get involved and support the event both at Adams Park and at home perhaps you're doing it yourself uh, wish you uh, all the very best for that and hopefully you can raise uh, loads of money for uh, Wickham Homeless Connection that's the big sleep out 2022 uh, both at home and at Adams Park on Saturday online on radio player and on 106.6 FM this is Wickham Sound still to come on the Wickham Wanderers show we'll hear from Bobby Lynch who's a Wickham Wanderers women's player who uh, if you've heard the build up show on a Saturday so you have to Often appears on that. Uh, has actually uh, played too many times uh, for uh, the club in recent times for uh, a number of reasons uh, which will be explained very soon. We'll hear from uh, the manager, Carl Simon, as well. Uh, Wickham as women's first team losing by two goals to nil last weekend against Abingdon United, uh, but they're back in action this Sunday and there's a great opportunity for you to go and see them as well. The club have got a fantastic offer on. If you're a season ticket holder with the men's team, you can get a discount. Uh, more on that to come as well. Of course, uh, the men's first team not in action this weekend. Uh, due to it being the second round of the FA Cup. Uh, But as we turn our attention to women's football, a message uh, for the chair girls from uh, an actual lioness, uh, the England and Manchester United women's goalkeeper, Mary
6: Earps.
5: Hello, Wickham Wanderers women. Just wanted to wish you all the best
6: for your season and games. Keep enjoying your football and um, I hope to see you at a game of ours very soon
1: fantastic to hear from her Uh, a great inspiration uh, for women's football uh, and uh, not least of course for Wiccan Wanderers women who have uh, not only their first team but uh, reserves and under 18s as well I've been fortunate enough to uh, speak to uh, manager Carl Simon who uh, is preparing obviously as I say uh, for the game against Ascot on Sunday and uh, here are his thoughts
7: well it's been difficult past few weeks we won't won't hide from that Um, performances have been okay they've been improving there was a stage where we were making a few mistakes but you know that happens when you've got a lot of new players who are new to the league, new to the tier you know that they're learning as well but overall we're seeing progression um, step by step with each game and you know we've mostly lost games by the odd goal so that gives us encouragement and we just try and you know work episodically and, and correct things at training and you know believe in the process and, and, and we come out the other side halfway of the season now so now's the time to start pushing on
1: I guess as well, especially with yourself and Dan coming in, it must take a while to you know, get the teams to kind of play how you want and get everyone in the positions that you think. Have you got sort of an idea of is that sort of coming together now?
7: The way we want to play has been implemented and it goes all the way through from the other eight teams and also the reserves who are getting really good results and the, the thing for us really is that we're trying to be um, as fair as we can and give every player um, opportunity within the first team. And sometimes you have to suffer in that process by only giving people an opportunity, giving them give them a try at and, it. And, you know, the results don't always um, go your way. In the first half of the season, we, we decided that we were going to, you know, we brought a lot of players in. So we had to give them that opportunity. Um, so we thought we'd go that way and give them that fair opportunity. But now we, we're, we're pretty much, you know, understand where we are with most of the players. And, you know, we're looking now more results-based rather than development-based. We know how the team, we want the team to play. Um, the players understand that now. It's now uh, using the players who are best suited to the system who can get us results and, and push forward for the rest of the season.
1: Something that has really stood out and must have impressed you is the, is the character that the team has showed. There have been a couple of occasions where, you know, they've been 4-0 down and come back to
7: 4-3. The character of the players are immense. Um, and the, the group that we have, you know, we have 56 players signed up and, and you know, most training sessions we have over 40 players training other than injured or work commitments etc and, and it's really good you know the, 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 the players attitude whoever makes the, the 16 for match days for the first team the attitude been really really good and the, the environment which is the most important thing is, is really good and, and creating a new culture takes time and um, changing the culture from almost a hobby and let's be honest you know there's a lot of the players they pay to play and all the rest of it but we're trying to make it more vocational than just hobbyish, and that's a changing mindset for the players. You know, they've got to train twice a week. And they have to, have to have a certain amount of professionalism. You know how they go about their work, and that's a change from what they've been used to. And so that's been challenging for some people. But we're getting there now. I think, and everyone's buying into it.
1: And something that really comes across to the players that we've spoken to is the real uh, togetherness in the in the dressing room and, and a real kind of feeling of family as well.
7: The dressing room is amazing at the moment and, yeah, family is a thing. With the coaches too, you know, sometimes we'll have the under-18 coaches with us or reserve team coaches with us or, and players from throughout the, the squad and, you know, the senior players, um, they really do look after the younger ones as they come up and everyone feels really comfortable. And Yes, it is a very much a very much family um, feel, as is the wicked way, right?
1: No, definitely. I'm really pleased that the signings you've been able to make. You've know, you brought in a lot of players in the summer, and most recently Sally as well. Uh, great additions to the side.
7: Yes, yeah, Sally's well, not an addition to someone who was, uh, when I came she was in the reserves. Um, previously the under-18s, and we've been watching her and training her application. She does all the sessions. She comes in and does the jumping conditioning at 6 o'clock on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, so her commitment to the club and, and wanting to perform well for, for Wickham Wanderers, it just shines through. Um, and we're so happy for her that she's she's now making a bit of a mark on on, on the first team. You know, it's not over yet, but she's she's definitely um, doing very well for us at the moment.
1: And there seems to be really strong performances throughout the the team. You know, you had a, a goalkeeper player of the match uh, award recently, and, and many of the other players as well who, who've really stood out.
7: Yeah, I mean, I remember when we first late eyes on um, young Emily down at the Rye, she popped down and sort us, uh, and straight away she she had something special. She's a real talent, um, only young, but um, you know she works really hard as well, and you know she travels all the way up from Oxfordshire to, to train with us. Her commitments, you know, without question. And week by week, as Dan said, you need to see her, her growing. Um, Ed Tolton, our goalkeeping coach, works really closely with her. Her improvement is, is, is has been fantastic. So um, yeah, really pleased with how she's how she's developing, and and also the work of Ed uh, on the goalkeeping section
1: and the leadership sort of structure that you've got within the team as well. I know we've spoken to, to Cara and Amy recently who are really proud to sort of have that role and, and to play that somewhat senior part in the team.
7: Yeah, definitely. I we've got Bobby Lynch as well. We've done a lot of good work and behind the scenes for us. Um, she's obviously out of ACL. She should be back, um, start of the new year. Um, yeah, really nice leadership group. And, and, you know, they're key to the environment and the atmosphere and the culture that we're trying to create. Um, you know, they lead by example. Um, they're warm and friendly people. They have humility, and and they're professional, and, and players see that, and they they want to aspire to it. So yeah, it's really been really important for us and vital to have those players, and we're thankful thankful for the, for their their contribution.
1: So you've got Ascot at home uh, this weekend, a great opportunity with with the men's team not in action for for perhaps some new uh, fans to come and see the, the, the girls in action.
7: Yes, yeah, so well, you know we're, we're trying our best on that one to to generate some support. Hopefully, we can get some of some of the Woodcom's, um faithful to come and cheer us on, and. And that would be great if they could come down to the Burnham Stadium. So, yeah, hopefully. Um, we'll have a full bumper crowd on Sunday. Um, it be a really big game against Ascot. The last game was fantastic. Really enjoyable game. I'm sure if people come down on a Sunday, they'll be more than entertained.
1: Because they're a side you only faced recently. And, and that was a you know very creditable draw. And they were top of the table at the time.
7: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we were going into that game, obviously, off of a run of um, poor results, having made some some critical errors. Things that we've really worked hard on in training that we have erased a race now um, within the team performances. So we're really looking forward to, to uh, facing Ascot again.
1: And what are you looking for from the team in the sec- second half of the season?
7: Looking for results now. You know, if you anyone who comes to our games, you'll, you'll see that we have most of the possession. We, we play really good football. And in some occasions, we score a lot of goals. But we just need to put it all together and, and start picking up some results, really. And like last week, obviously, we are playing... Um, Amidon United, who, you know, a team that's been together for, you know, six years, half the teams to play for Wickham. You know, these are a group of players who have played at a higher level and, you know, they've been together for a long time. And it's a challenge when you're trying to go in with a team of players who played four or five games together to navigate that. And, you know, we came out of that game with a two-nil loss, but, you know, we could have scored a goal earlier on and that would have changed the whole complexion of the game. And it's the little fine margins. Um, I think the players are realising now that actually we are good enough um, to compete with with the teams at the top of the league, um, and we just need to start getting the goals that we deserve and and you know cut out the silly silly mistakes, which I think we have done now, and we can start kicking on.
1: Head coach of Wickham Wanderers Women, Carl Simon, speaking to us here at Wickham Sound on the Wickham Wanderers show. Some breaking news ahead of Sunday's kick off uh, fixture uh, at home, the Burnham 1878 Stadium. If you are going along to see Wickham Wanderers Women against Ascot, the kick- kickoff time has now changed to 1:30. That's due to light. Uh, that's only happened in the last few minutes, so uh, yes, uh, if you are popping along to uh, support the chair girls on Sunday, uh, it was a two o'clock kick off, but that now starts at one thirty, so we' we'll make sure you're there in plenty of time if you had a Sunday lunch planned. <laughs> Just, might might need to reschedule that slightly. Uh, Carl mentioned in his chat um, a, a fantastic uh, story, if you like, uh, about Bobby Lynch, who is also one of the uh, uh, senior players and uh, part of the leadership team. Not featured too much for the chair girls due to injury. She's been out with an ACL uh, problem, but uh, having had an operation and uh, is on her way back, hopes to be uh, uh, fit very, very soon. And we've uh, been speaking to her as well.
6: My time at Wickham is actually, uh, if people have heard me on the Saturday shows, they'll know. My time at Wickham has been quite long, but I've actually not played many games because of lockdown it affected my first two seasons. And then my injury, so ACL injury, affected last season and this season.
1: So what's your recovery? <laughs> Hopefully your recovery is going well, though.
6: Uh, yeah, it's going really well. Like I've invested and I'm doing strength and conditioning like with a one-to-one a couple of times a week, which is going really well. Um, and then obviously staying at football, doing a bit more of my rehab. Um, whilst the girls are training and stuff like that
1: has it been quite difficult though being on the on the outskirts if you like
6: yeah has last season i found it more difficult i think because it was quite fresh whereas this season like the comeback is on so like i'm getting there to a point where like i don't find it as frustrating whereas last season i was waiting from operation right until the end of the season so that was harder so i wasn't around as much last year but, um this year i'm i'm in with the squad i'm there just not playing
1: has it been quite nice as well to kind of watch the transition of the team with the, the new manager and the new signings
6: yeah it's been really interesting and i think the club has stepped up a level in terms of like the women's section we've gone back to training twice a week like we always talk about we've got a new home ground and all of that which is going really well and like the level of professionalism has just stepped up and that's something that i have been used to like throughout my career playing you know for oxford and other teams like that whereas some of the girls haven't experienced that before. So it's a good mixture now of people stepping up to a new level, um, which is going really well. And that's obviously like thanks to Carl, thanks to the club for like, getting on board um, and providing us with all the opportunities. And it's doing really well.
1: It really feels like there's a, a blend of, of youth and experience in the team.
6: Um, yes, I'm, like, the girls who like to remind me that I'm nearly double their age are all stepping up. Like, you know, we, on Sunday, I think we fielded four or five 16- to 18-year-olds. And, I mean, they come, they've come up, they've stepped up into the first team this year and have, like, continued to impress and, you know, have really made a statement that they are in this team and that they can compete at this level.
1: I'm really impressive to see the, the reserves and the, the under-18s doing so well. And, like you say, that sort of pathway for them to come through to the first team.
6: Yeah, definitely. It really highlights it as well, I think. Like, the game against Ascot where we drew 1-1, You know, that for us was a really good result. They were sitting top of the league. We had come off the back of two 1-0 defeats. So, you know, we had a team there where we fielded a load of, uh, I think four players had played for the 18s on a Saturday as well. So that just shows you, and then one of the reserve players started for the 13 that game as well. So it just shows you how much like the pathway is open and how the girls can get from those teams and come up to the first team. We also, we didn't really make a big, big enough deal about it as well. Like, I think five girls signed from Wickham EDA or, or GDA in the summer, and that's Emily Strange, our goalkeeper, and a couple of the other girls who are making an impact as well. They all signed and they've been at Wickham for several years.
1: I'm really nice to have these new additions as well come in from, from other clubs. And, um, you brought in um, sophie most recently. Well, I got a bit confused with my chat with Carl and I said Sally was a new signing and he said, Sally's not a new signing. I thought, oh no, I think I meant Safie. But, but really nice to have things freshened up as well.
6: Uh, yeah, so Sophie came in from QPR, so she knows a few of the girls that I've played with before. And uh, yeah, very good signing for us. I mean, she started for her debut and then scored a goal as well on that debut, which is really good. Sally has come up from the reserves, yeah. She was in and out of uh, in pre-season. She played with the first team a couple of times, then went off on holiday and has been with the reserves. But now she's, you know, come, she got an assist and a goal in the game last week. So, I mean, she's doing really well at the moment.
1: And Carl was also saying it's really nice to have that sort of leadership group within the group, which obviously you're kind of part of as well.
6: Uh, yeah, that's um, like myself, Cara, um, Leachie, who I know you've spoken to both of them before. It is a really good, yeah, and a really good group of girls that have been at the club a little bit longer than most people now, you know. So having us there and like we can communicate with Carl back and forth and like have that young group of players we've got now coming through and the ones, at the sign in, all of them, you know, they're still quite young. Um, so the leadership group, yeah, was really important, actually.
1: So we're sort of at the halfway point of the season. What's been your sort of assessment of the, of the way things have gone so far? Some disappointing results, but some some great performances, and, and some great as we spoke with Kyle, character with the team as well, coming from four uh, nil down to four three a
6: couple of times. Um, yeah, I wish we would stop doing that, <laughs> <laughs> um, giving people head starts. I know, but do you know what? It, it's actually it's frustrating because we're we're playing really well, and the scorelines don't always reflect that. And you know. We're, we're not playing badly and we're not getting outplayed by other teams. We're just conceding goals and then having to catch up, which we can't quite do. So it's been quite a frustrating start to the season in terms of results. But actually, it is a transition. And it is, like, for everyone, transition for the players that have been here who have now have a new manager. It's transition for the new management, you know, the players that have come in. So everyone's new. And I think it does take these couple of games and, and maybe even a season or two for uh, everything to settle and 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 get the results we deserve. But I think we will get there. And we're now t- at the point where we're going to play the teams we've already played again, because our league is very short. Um, so hopefully we can write a few of those results and get the result that we actually deserved in the first place.
1: And does it feel like there's a real uh, increase in interest in the, in the club, especially since the, the Lionesses did so well in the summer?
6: Yeah, definitely. You just notice with like, even from my point of view at the moment with social media, it's like the interaction on social media and like the interest from the club's fans and stuff has just rocketed. And that's obviously thanks to the Lionesses and thanks to like the work of putting in with the club and working with Matt and Phil to really raise our profile.
1: And obviously this weekend, there's, there's no men's fixture, so it'd be great to really capitalise on that. I know there's a special offer on for, for season ticket holders of the, of the men's team. They can get a, a great deal to, to come and watch you on Saturday. Uh, Sunday.
6: Yeah, on Sunday. So it's only a pound if you've got a season ticket with the men's club. And then it's, a, it's £3 if you're not a season ticket holder for the men's club, and kids are always free. So every weekend, that is. So, yeah, with no men's fixture, we are hoping to see a couple more fans down. We do get a few anyway people have really started to come down and and follow our results and stuff and everyone we've uh, who's come down we've had some positive feedback so i think it's a good way to spend your sunday
1: no definitely and uh, how long till we uh, see you back on the pitch yourself
6: um i don't know i probably wishful thinking when i say just after christmas (laughs) but hopefully around then
1: well it's been brilliant to speak to you thank you very much for your time
6: that's all right
1: Great chat to uh, Bobby Lynch, who, uh, as I say, uh, hopefully we'll see uh, back on the pitch very, very soon for, for Wickham Wanderers. We're in a quick reminder that uh, the kick-off time for Sunday's game against Ascot is now 1:30 because of light. It's been uh, uh, was d- due to be at two, so if you are going down to uh, Burnham's Ground, the 1878 Stadium, to uh, watch the cheer girls in action, that's that, that earlier kick-off time. Uh, no fixture, of course, for the men's team this weekend. Uh, of course, I'm sure you're aware uh, because of the second round of the FA Cup. Uh, so uh, lots to work on ahead of next weekend's game against Portsmouth. Uh, that's on sunday i'll be on the telly as well so we'll have uh, live commentary of course here on wickham sound and on wanderers tv Uh, until next week's show uh, do have a great week Uh, don't forget if you've just tuned in and you've missed it there'll be a podcast version available from tomorrow Uh, do enjoy and as i say have a great seven days